0: Hello, I'm Pastor Paul, an associate pastor at Living Word, and this is our podcast. I want to say thank you for joining us today. I know this message will minister to your spirit, and it will build your faith. I know God will move in your life because you are a doer of the Word. Enjoy today's message.
1: But I shared a couple Sundays ago that there'd be a Wednesday coming up that I wanted to share some things, and as I do this, I, I, I'm, I'm taking a risk with you. Lucinda and I live differently than anyone that we know, and as I share some of these things, there's there's a a composite of things that we have learned over. You know, we're we're, we're married 34 years. We have served the Lord more than 50 years. Each of us have have been born again and learned to walk with Him. I've been spirit filled. This will be my 50th year of walking walking. With the person of the Holy Spirit as my close friend, and I would say now my closest friend, I think I I know his ways better than I know even my wife's ways. Say, how can that be? I've been married to the Holy Spirit a lot longer. Because it's a marriage. If you're in the right relationship with God, you're in the closest thing to marriage that we have. Those are the two relationships. Your walk with the Lord, if you're spirit filled, is like a marriage. Or your marriage should be like your walk with the Lord. So we learn a lot in those two relationships that go together. And those two together teach us how we should live together in church. That's your third spiritual relationship. And those should line up accordingly. Say, well, how does your wife feel about being second fiddle? We're all second fiddle to God. I mean, that that that's the way she would say it. She wouldn't be put out a bit by it. She knows what I mean by that. And she would rather say, well, it's a great honor to be number two to the Holy Ghost. That's what she would say. And we have a different perspective on a lot of things because we've lived differently. So tonight I'm going to share some things about how the Holy Spirit works through us when we cooperate with Him. Galatians teaches that there are fruit of the Spirit and I've heard many people teach about half of this. They teach that you will produce the fruit of the Spirit by your interaction with the Holy Spirit. I find that to only be part of the truth that I want to share. Many times I learn from experience and listening to what the Holy Spirit tells me to do in situations, and then I go find it in the Scripture afterward. Most people learn a different way, and, and, you know, pastor is somewhat dyslexic. I know people think that's a bad confession, but they discovered that when I was a small child because I transpose numbers all the time. So when I do accounting stuff, I'm really, really careful. I'm really, really detailed, and I really check my work like three or four times. And I still sometimes get it wrong. So many times here I'll say a scripture reference, and if I don't check carefully, I'll put verse before a chapter and have them flipped. So things like that happen, but that's just a, a, a sidelight to where I, I want to go in, in ministering how the Holy Spirit works through us. The fruit of the Spirit is something that we choose to partake of before we can ever produce it. It's the fruit of His Spirit. It's not the fruit of our Spirit. The fruit of our our Spirit is renewed when we partake of His Spirit. So whenever I'm in a situation, I have a choice to manifest love as the fruit of the Spirit or not. When I'm not producing or or giving somebody love in in a situation where I should, I might be giving of something else. Well, that's the fruit of the flesh, the scripture teaches. I've learned that if I don't partake of what the Holy Spirit has, my tendency will be to give out of the flesh. And there might be a kind of love, but it won't be God's kind of love. It'll be just enough to get by and pacify a situation if I'm really aggravated. And I think I have to walk in love or else I'm in sin. Well, that's not the fruit of the spirit love. The fruit of the spirit of love is as generous as if God himself was giving it. I've learned I can't really do that on my own. My own recreated human spirit isn't going to do that on its own without being yoked to my helper, the person of the Holy Spirit, who is all about that. So in effect, when I'm in a situation, if I want to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, I receive that from the Holy Spirit who lives inside of me, God with us, and then I can demonstrate that. But I'm really demonstrating His character, not mine. I've heard many people say, well, He rubs off on you enough. He does rub off on you, but that doesn't make you produce the fruit of the Spirit. He's producing it through you because you are least good ground. You are God's good ground. You choose to produce what you partake of from the Holy Spirit. So when we're not spending time, I'll say it this way, ministering to the Holy Spirit or praying in the Spirit, we don't have much of a chance to produce the fruit of the Spirit. And what happens is we have a self-effort that we think is it, and it isn't it. The fruit of the Spirit, the cumulative of the fruit of the Spirit, gives us the more abundant life Jesus was talking about in John 10. If we want to have it, we, we learn to, you know, my, one of my key mentors taught all the time on walking in love. And he would say, if you don't do this, you will not succeed as a believer. You will never reach your full potential. Then he would go on to say, in fact, if you don't learn to walk in the fruit of the Spirit, you will never amount to much as a believer. That used to bother me. So I would think sometimes I'm on, sometimes I'm not on. Depends what the situation is. <laughs> Depends how rested I am and if I've, if I've been prayerful today or I'm worn out today. And I've learned that there's, there's a way to protect the outcome by making choices as we walk through situations to stop and give of the Holy Spirit instead of giving a piece of our mind or giving out of our tired flesh, or giving out of our mental anguish in a moment. And I want to talk about that. I will be briefer on the Scriptures because I want to go through a scenario of something that started for me November 1st, a business situation, of some things that I wanted to procure. And I want, you to, I want to show you the choices made and the confessions made in a, a litany of things that went from then, and I'm still, still kind of in it now. And I have left out many, many, many interesting details of God doing things in the middle of a situation. And when when I talk about living differently, I've learned to, and and I'm still learning this, this is coming from a a place of humility and and a place of not being overly ready to share. I, I share things that I don't want to have to make defensible because I've had life experiences. I will share from the word as a point of faith for you to choose to learn and employ these things or not. Sometimes people would say things to Lucinda and I like, it seems like you live a charmed life, and I'm thinking you're not with us all the time. (laughs) Because there are moments where God has moved and you see results, but there are seasons of great resistance where the enemy is fighting you. He doesn't like believers, and I can tell you he hates the preachers. He tries to to mess with life enough that we do not have life examples to bring before people to stir their faith. So I've learned if the enemy is trying to do that to me, he's trying to steal experience that I can teach from, but he's also trying to steal results that will bless my life. Because the enemy, the more you want to do for the Lord, the more the enemy will come against you. I've heard it said many times, new level, new devil. That's largely true. You will have a new kind of attack or you will have more of an attack. And what we have to do then as ministers or what I've learned to do is rely more on the Holy Spirit for help or choose to be defeated all the time. My personality is not to be kicked around. I experienced that when I was younger and I'm done with that. And when the enemy tries to kick me around, I know the Holy Spirit has a strategy to stop that because I hate bullies and so did the Lord Jesus. He stopped situations where people were hurting other people. So I've learned that the Holy Spirit has a way to circumnavigate any attack of the devil. There are times that we want to move mountains that are not going to move because it's the enemy's attack. There's times we move and we change and we're the problem. We might see a mountain in front of us of resistance, but we might have a mountain in us of disobedience. And understand ignorance to the Holy Spirit is a kind of disobedience. We're supposed to want to learn from him. He's a teacher. If we don't ever call on him to teach us anything, he will not teach us anything. He's not obligated to do anything except we ask him in Jesus' name. When we use that name, his spirit releases information and teaches us things. So as I share this with you, I teach at uh, the, the ministry level, I teach ministry leaders. You have to learn how the Holy Spirit wants to work with you and what gives him joy in doing certain things for you in your life. There are things that we've always enjoyed, anything to do with with our home or situations or furnishings or, you know, we're trained in those things, art, antiques. We're trained in a lot of things. Lucinda and I have learned a lot. We've enjoyed those things, but they're not God's to us. We've many times had to set things aside or give things up In coming here, everything changed and you just, you go with what God tells you to do in your life, but you enjoy it as you're going along. I would say in, in ministry, our resources were probably cut in half many years ago, what we were able to do and what kind of funding we had to work with. So you learn then, rather you, you, you give up or accept a much lower standard, or you learn to rely on God. One of the things I knew in coming here, it would be less about relying on Lucinda and me to make our way and more relying on God to help us make our way. And that he wanted the principles we would learn from these things and the concepts to be something that we share with people. Because I believe that we're of the household of faith and we're meant to live by faith. But there are standards God has to releasing a life of faith into us. He has to see that we, we are wanting to cooperate with him because Jesus said, I have come that you might have life more abundantly, that you might have it. That means some will not have it. If he means for us to have it, then he has the way for us to have it. When he gave the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts 2 that we talked about Sunday, he gave us what it would take to to interact with him to learn how to unlock what abundant life would look like for us. My first treasure is not arts and antiques and houses. That's down on the list maybe about halfway. There's things I really enjoy about that. My greatest treasure is revelation knowledge from the Lord, has been for a long time, and and I live for that. So as I teach this, this is out of a treasury of trial and error, life experience, that I have found it to work. I have found it will work for others when I teach them principles and concepts that they employ. If we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit, he says, we will become sons of God we will operate more as sons than servants. A healthy son has a servant's attitude when working with the father who owns everything. So there's a son-servant relationship, but the son who is also serving the father knows the father and knows what pleases him and cooperates with that, and then there are benefits. It becomes a partnership. So what I'm sharing is a way to grow in partnership with the Holy Spirit over time. You will not immediately operate at the the level I'm talking about tonight, but you will see the Holy Spirit doing things for you that encourage you, and you will begin to commune with him more, and it will grow and get better. When we talk about the fight of faith, the fight of faith is like this. There There are things that we trust God for, and we pray and ask him to do in Jesus' name, then the enemy opposes that. Why? It is all, you're going to have a certain path when you pray that has more opposition in it than if you tried to earn it yourself most of the time. When I came here, I told Lucinda over and over again, it was easier to run an $80 million company than a half a million dollar church. It was easier. Why? The enemy didn't oppose what I was doing in the company. He didn't care. He couldn't care less about it. But he comes against what you try to do for the Lord. I learned a principle in that that, that I can now teach. It's, I've been here almost 20 years. <laughs> I, can, I believe now I can teach this and share with you. But this is, this is from Galatians 5, because there are things that empower the enemy to steal. Now, I don't have John 10 as a reference, but you can write it on. I don't guess you have the notes. I didn't send them. Sorry, I didn't send them, but they, they will be here tomorrow if you want them, or you can get them electronically if you email me. I didn't get that piece done. But John 10 was an opening because many times people believe God, trust God, but then they don't know how to navigate the thief trying to steal it. That's right there in the next verse. He said, the thief comes, but for to steal, kill, and destroy. And and he warned us about that before he said, I have come that you might have life and have a life more abundantly. He's talking about the God kind of life, a Zoe kind of life, a supernatural kind of life, a life that we cannot produce without his help and intervention. But he warns us in the same breath almost, the thief comes to steal that, the thief comes to kill that, the thief comes to destroy the results of that. Well, if Jesus wants us to have that life, then he's given us the ability to get it through the Holy Spirit. And I believe that. I believe it's true in the things that I preach and teach. I believe it's true in the decisions that we make. I believe it's true in the leadership of this church. I believe it's true in our personal life and the decisions that Lucinda and I make and the plans we have for our future. I believe that the Holy Spirit will help us do better than we could ever do on our own. And because of that, when you accept that he has a standard for you, you recognize when something is less than standard and not on par. And I step back and say, something's not quite right about this. Ever had that feeling? that thought? So that's the Holy Spirit at work trying to show us there's something more. But he says in Galatians 5, 1, that we're to stand, there, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has set us free, and not be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Then he goes right into, in verse 32, later in the, in the chapter, but the fruit of the Spirit is. See, sometimes when we're reading a passage, we have to look ahead or back to connect the dots. What's he talking about? He's talking about what the yoke of bondage is. Not, not participating in, not partaking of the fruit of the Spirit and not producing the fruit of the Spirit. What's the yoke of bondage? Not getting the more abundant life. Not getting the answered prayer. Putting up with the devil, stealing it right out from under your nose. That's the yoke of bondage. There are seasons in our life where I think because we have missed what the Holy Spirit has said, we experience what feels like a down season. The enemy tries to get away with that. When Scripture says the enemy has to return to us what he's stolen seven times over, what makes that happen? Only the Holy Spirit can make that happen. See, I I many times hear believers pray a prayer based on a verse or two. But they don't then look at what's the discipline to see it come to pass to keep the devil off your back, to keep him from stealing because he hears you preach the word and he's opposing the results that should come at that word. And God never changes his mind at his word. He is faithful always to perform it. Why then? See, I've heard the most common question I've been asked my entire ministry life is, why is it sometimes God does not answer prayer? And I always answer the same way because sometimes we're not listening for his answer. And sometimes we are ignorant to what we need to do to to make sure we can hear it. When I teach about the fruit of the Spirit, walking with the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to hear God in anything you need to hear. He will not tell us what we don't need to hear, but he will give us what we need to hear and show us things to come. He said he would lead and guide us into all truth. That means if we really need to know something, he's going to show us the truth on it. So anyway, I'm I'm laying the groundwork here, and I've got to preserve at least 10 minutes to tell the story. And I've captioned it into three pages. It's probably really about 30, but I'm going to share what I can. It'll bless you. Life is different when we begin to live this way. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance, that's fruit we partake of that Jesus produced in human life. When we say he died without sin, he did that because he was exhibiting the fruit of his Father. The fruit of the Spirit is the Heavenly Father's character. It's what God acts like. It's what what we can predict about him, his nature He wants us to have the same nature, and when we have the same nature, the devil has to turn loose and let go of what he's trying to hold back, quite frankly. And when we can't seem to produce it on our own, we've got to spend time with the Holy Spirit and say, please exhibit through me love in this ugly situation. Please exhibit in me patience when I want to twist that guy's ears off. (laughs) And what do we do? We don't just ask for God to do it. We ask him to do it through us because we're his vessel in the situation. And he wants to show who he is and how different he is when people do you wrong. He wants you to show who God is again and again and again. Now, he goes on to say, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh and its control over them. That's a key, and that happens on the fly all the time. It's no longer I that live, it's Christ that lives in me and I'm going to act like the Holy Spirit wants me to act. I don't always get it right, but I've learned to get it right a lot, lot more. Okay? Now, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. We can know something and say it's our life, but then there's the step-by-step actual doing it. The enemy is not going to oppose your ministry philosophy for life of living for Jesus. He's going to oppose the steps you take to make it happen. He doesn't care what you think. He cares what you do with it. So he will come against your plan. He will interject himself through people or circumstances in a plan to try to get you to exhibit the flesh so that he can steal from you again. Why? We were not bound by our flesh before the fall. Our flesh cooperated with the Holy Spirit of God. Our flesh was obedient to God till man chose to disobey. Then the flesh tends to disobedience. This will not happen automatically. You will not have a God button you push and the right fruit pops out. If you have not been partaking lately, there will be none to be squeezed out of you when you're under pressure. That is not what will come out. Some other kind of fruit will come out. Other kind of words will come out. Other kind of attitudes will lodge in your mind and be hard to overcome. Now, if we keep the fruit of the Spirit on the vine in our life, we will have supernatural results. Some things will take a lot longer doing it this way. Something I know about ministry life, you have to practice gratify, you have to practice delayed gratification more than any other lifestyle. why it's God's design to learn to live and get things His way by faith believing. That is never the fastest route. Faith is not name it and then go pay full price for anything in my book. That isn't how it works. Aren't you glad? We should want to not have to do that anyway. Why? Full price will always tend to bondage, just to tell you. It shouldn't happen in the life of a believer. That's another teaching for another time, but I can prove it in the Scriptures. Galatians 6, 7 says, Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. We've heard that over and over again, but what's he talking about here? He's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. That's what he has been and is talking about more than money. He's talking about if we learn to sow, then we're going to reap the same thing. There is a harvest every time I sow the fruit of the Spirit. Something is going to come back to me that the devil is trying to keep from me. I've learned, I've heard many, many people, many Christians pray, devil, turn loose of what belongs to me. You shouldn't have to command the devil. You should be relying on the Holy Ghost Jesus defeated the devil. He's already under the command of the Holy Spirit. When you know the Holy Spirit, you will win the battle as Jesus did. Why? You are eating of the fruit of his victory that the Holy Spirit has. The fruit of the Spirit will always lead you to that victory, and you do not need to contend and should not be contending with the devil. You rebuke him, and he'll flee, and you're done with it. Why? He'll try to get up in there now. But he that, for he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption or loss or life will rust away. It will not work out. But he that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary and well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. That verse would be a great plaque if you're going to live the life of faith. In due season. Have you ever wondered what's the due season? I've heard people say, oh, it's however long it takes your faith to work. What makes faith work? Faith works by love. What is love? Love is one of the fruit of the Spirit that we get from the Holy Spirit. But I, I've learned that the season is how long does it take me to cooperate with the Holy Spirit to navigate through whatever the situation is, praying and thanking God, of course, a life of thanksgiving, but navigating wherever the enemy trying to stop me or delay me and not give up. Most Christians wimp out too soon to live a life of faith, quite frankly. They give up too quickly and find an alternate route to go pay or pay full price and then say God gave it to them. He did not give you that if you just paid for it. Now, he might help you get it for a better price. There's faith in that. He might help you find the best price in the whole United States on one. There's faith in that. But going out and paying full price didn't take faith. That's just caving in to, I've got to get it the same way I did before I was spirit filled. Nothing should be the same once we're filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, Zoe life. That means the kind of life God designed in heaven for us. Well, I don't have that all the time, but I've learned I can have it more and more. And why he said, more abundantly. That word more, we would say more and more and more and more and more and more and more abundantly. Ever increasing, ever increasing faith. So we reap a harvest in time if we have been participating with the Holy Spirit in that fruit. And this turns out to be very practical in the end. We learn to protect what God needs to work with. We give Him what He needs to work with. Romans 8 is all about that. And I don't have time to teach all of Romans 8 or I can't tell my story and I'm going to tell my story no matter what because that proves everything. That shows you what I'm talking about. Some of you might say, well, I, I, I don't know if I really even believe life works like that. Our life has worked like that for many, 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 many years. And then there are seasons where the enemy fights and fights and fights. But then there's a breakthrough. I've learned when there's a breakthrough in my natural life, there will be a breakthrough spiritually. I've learned that. Now, He does say here that for they that are after the flesh mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit mind the things of the spirit. What does that mean? It means how do we behave? What do we give ourselves to the way of the flesh or the way of the Holy Spirit? Do I want to live like everybody else? I do not. I've done enough of that. And did all right at it, but it was not supernatural. The harder I worked, the more money I made. The harder I worked, the more I got promoted. The more I got promoted, the more responsibility they gave me. The more responsibility gave me, the more headaches I had. The more headaches I had, the more travel I had to do to take care of the headaches. The more I was gone from home, the more Lucinda raised our children. It, it was a never-ending, vicious cycle that is called the world system Many times people, believers, believe that if they get all of that like the world has, that they're living the more abundant life, and I beg to differ. That is not it. Been there, done that, was not God's best, okay? Did he he allow our faith to work in those things? Yes, I have many, many, many stories how God moved and he blessed what we were doing, but it didn't make life more abundantly the way God intended for an increase of fellowship with him and with each other and with our Christian friends. It was constantly working and taking on more responsibility. Now, I believe God has something better. He has something for us to learn individually. Uh, You you will not do what I'm doing overnight. You'll have to work at it, and you'll have to find out how the Holy Spirit wants to work with you. There are certain areas of my life I know He just takes great joy in moving and doing things for me, and I've learned when He's doing that how to cooperate with Him. That's what tonight is, is, is largely about. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's what we want. Because the carnal mind is in enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God. But he says, you are in the Spirit. We are not in the flesh, but we are in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. That means our our response will be different in situations. I will encounter ugly situations, but if the Holy Spirit is in me, what comes out will be more metered and be more appropriate. Have people say to me routinely that are with me under stressful situations or when people do me wrong, Pastor, you carry so much grace. I smile and say, that's the the Holy Spirit working in me. Why? I've learned that you have to. It's okay that people hold Christians to a higher standard. They are supposed to. That's what it is to live for Christ. We're to live after the Spirit. That means there is a different standard or a different way we do things, including our conduct, including our response to people. Do I always get it right? No. You may see me get mad before I'm done with my race, but I usually correct myself pretty quickly in it, and I tell you what I did wrong. Why? I've learned to do that. I've learned that I can make a mistake, and then I can go partake of the Holy Spirit's fruit. No, 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 I'm not going to respond that way. I might get riled, but when it comes out, it's going to come out right. going to work the situation right. The Holy Spirit partners with us to produce harvest. This is verse 25 of Romans 8. But if we hope for what we don't see, then we do with patience have to wait for it. It's not always going to happen as quickly as we want. Answered prayer doesn't always happen as quickly as we want, but it will happen if we learn how to navigate the work of the enemy, the lies of the enemy. It will happen. I see in my prayer life an increase of answered prayer. I've come to the point that many times when I'm praying for others, I can boldly say, you will recover by tomorrow or whatever. Today was a day full of, peop- full of people asking for prayer requests, about half in church and about half not, a whole lot of people outside of our church. Why? They know we're a praying church. They know we'll stop and we'll pray right on the spot, whatever's going on. You know, one was a lady whose son, son, a little older than me, dying of cancer locally. They just found out and it's happening quickly and she doesn't have a pastor. She went to the Methodist church and it's closed and she did not have a pastor. I've been her friend for a long time. She's well up in her 80s. We prayed on the, on the phone today. Why? There, there's people will turn to you when they know you have a a connection with God that they don't have, and we're supposed to. We're supposed to be the most faith-filled, spirit-filled people on the pleasant, and you can't not be the most faith-filled unless you are the most spirit-filled. It's impossible. You'll get, get the prayer request, and you will not pray a bold prayer. You'll pray a prayer out of your flesh. God, give them comfort and be with them as they die. That's not what anybody wants to hear. They want to hear something more than that. Why? They can, they can probably do that on their own. That's what will come out of them if they're really, really hurting, if they're not full of the Holy Spirit. So prayer is another example, and that would be a whole nother, whole other series of three to ten teachings if we go there. Now, likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. What is that? Trouble, confusion, pain, challenges? The enemy coming against us in the, in the process of these things. Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groaning. Sometimes we groan before we exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, as we're under pressure. And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. In these things, I want to preface something. We have to learn how to hear what is the will of God in our personal decisions, There have been as many stories uh, about missing it in the early years and doing something I thought God was in and found out later that was all me. Then a little bit later, I got better. And what do we do as husband and wife? We would talk about that. And if we're not in agreement, we wouldn't spend more than $50 independent of each other ever. We still live that way. We communicate and we both listen for the same Holy Spirit to tell us the same thing again and again. After 20 years, you get that almost perfect, but it takes about 20 years. It took us about 20 years. Why? I had been my own man, she had been her own woman. We had both had our own money. We put it all together and wanted to act like we still were our own people. We had to learn how to not be that and and cooperate and work together. It didn't take very long. We learned it quickly. But then we learned how to bring God into the situation and pray and listen for the Holy Spirit's leading. And I would say nine times out of ten, we, we were hearing him lead us in decisions. So we started living more supernaturally. And I won't go into the stories you've heard before because you've, you've heard some of them before. But I do want to talk about this, this something that is current because our, our prayer faith, when we're praying the prayer faith, and we're wanting to live by faith, the fruit that God wants is a harvest for him. And that's what it means in in Romans 8 when it says, according to his purpose, those who live according to his purpose. Am I letting him have the harvest through me that he's looking for? The first harvest and the one that dictates everything else is not my finances. It's my character. Is my character the character he asks for in the fruit of the Spirit? Because when I don't have it, I can eat his character and it will come out of me. It will come right back out of my mouth. If I am not feeling to walk in love in a situation, I can confess from my mouth, but I will walk in love in Jesus' name and I've just partaken his character and I'm going to do his character. And I can choose to do that anytime I want to in every situation and especially the time I should do it is when the enemy is opposing me and trying to stop me in something. To be careful why I can have life more abundantly or I can have it the old way and be disappointed again and again. And then question why God's not answering my prayer when he did, but he expects me to exhibit his character so the enemy cannot steal from me. Because the fruit of the Spirit keeps the enemy's hand off of you and your goods. When people talk about opening the door for the devil, the greatest way, the most common way is failing when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, thinking we've got to always produce it on our own. You cannot and you will not without the supernatural helper. Why? He gives us what Jesus paid for. Jesus had to do it in the way we have to do it, receive it by faith from the heavenly Father in Jesus' name then we can do it. When all hell breaks loose and you're trying to live by faith, you say, I am gonna live by faith in Jesus' name. And what comes out of you at that point is, is the fruit of the spirit of faith. Why? You just partake, have, have partaken of it and when the confession comes out of your mouth, you're making it a part of you. You are speaking those things that be not as though they were, so they will be and now they are. That's what we do. And we train ourselves by doing it out loud. If you don't talk to yourself, you want to start. Because if you don't, this will not happen for you. You have to say it. What happens when we say it is we are putting our life under subjection to the Word of God, saying, you will obey the Word of God. And we're doing it in a nice way. I will. (laughs) And it's always good things. Now, So the fruit God wants is a harvest for him. But when we give him what he wants, it's followed with the fruitfulness of what we want. And sometimes it happens just quickly. What I'm going to share is just a a series of things that have happened. Lucinda and I were looking online for windows for Peggy's house, her mom's house. Lucinda grew up there. It was the only home she knew before she married me. So we're trying to save it, from, from raise it from the dead like we did our house in Gibson City. Only, I would say, Peggy's house is a little worse off than ours was in Gibson City because we didn't have access to it till just now. So we were looking on Craigslist for windows in multiple states to try to put back what was there to begin with. And likely we'll never live there. We'll probably turn around and sell it, but we want to, to save it. And we're all about saving people first, but we save things too. Many times, different things, and see the value in things. We're shopping for windows for her house when an ad comes up in Milwaukee that had windows. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in Milwaukee. She's in another city. We're on Craigslist, and we do this once in a while. We find stuff. It's how we get stuff, and we get stuff cheap, and we negotiate, and we believe God. And our life has had a lot of that in it, or we wouldn't, we wouldn't have the things that we have, quite frankly. Lucinda and I, our first motive gift is Giving. So we like to do that to be able to give things to people that we see want something or need something. We enjoy finding things for other people. Anyway, we were, we were doing that independently. I found the ad. She looked at the ad. We thought it looked interesting, but the pictures were not of stuff for Peggy's house. is more the house that we're in. We're having to make a decision in our older years. Do we stay where we are and try to have a ground-level bedroom? If we have a ground-level bedroom, we need a bigger bathroom. Any of you have been there? It's got a little sliding door to the little half-bathroom, and it's like not a very good setup for for guests or people or anything. We need a big bathroom on the main floor. Lucinda's mother's lived with us for 10 years, and in 10 years, uh, the last three, she can't go up and downstairs where all the bathtubs and showers are because the ground level just has a half-bath in it. The basement has a three-quarter bath in it. She can't get down there either. So we've been in a pickle for a long, long time, and it's made life difficult. We've decided either we're going to get, get out of this house into something manageable as we age because we didn't really plan this far ahead or think about it, or we're going to have to fix this house. Well, the desire of my heart would be to not move again. We've had seven houses and had to fix them all up, and we wanted this to be the last one. I really don't want to move again. And we've lived longer in this one than we've lived anywhere else, and it has become a home. We like the community. We like the people. Uh, We see God using us in the community and doing things in the town, and it just seems like we want to be there, and over time, it's transformed into something that we're pleased with. So, we committed it to the Lord, and... I called up there and talked to the guy, and he said, you should just come up here with your wife. And my eye caught the light fixtures. When we remodeled our house, I bought light fixtures from Belgium and Europe because I couldn't find what I wanted to go in the house like it would have had. And I committed to the Lord at the time. I appreciate this, and these are beautiful, but, Lord, this is not what would have been in this house, and we're purists. We want it to look like it would have looked. That's just matters to us. We're trained in things like that. So a lot of what I'm saying will sound ridiculous to you, but the details will make a difference in you understanding God will work with you and your stuff the way that you want. And this is not a story of to do what I'm doing because you're not gonna want to, okay? This is, this is our little kind of stuff that God does through us and I've learned to cooperate with him. Anytime it comes to, to houses and households and stuff like that, he does things and I see him move and I see we just get things for cheap or free over and over again. Anyway, we rode up to Milwaukee one Sunday after church, spent the night, had, had a mommy sitter at our house so we could get away. It was a lovely getaway. We like going there anyway. Wisconsin's one of the places we like to go, and we go to that city for vacation on occasion. So we just shot up the interstate, and three hours were there and found the property and thought, dear Lord, they're tearing that house down. And the next morning, we had an appointment with a guy. I walked in, saw the light fixture, said, I want this one, this one, this one, this one, and all the wall sconces just like he said, you really know what you want. I knew what they were. He didn't know what they were. Okay. He's not an antique guy. He's just a house destroyer. <laughs> he sells the materials. He said, okay. I said, price them, price them to me as a package. He did. And, and that was the beginning of our re- relationship. His name was Tim. Is Tim. I talked to Tim today a little bit. Anyway, we got, got the light fixtures, put them in my, my pickup truck. Um, Actually, we went home. We came back and got them. They weren't down yet. Came back a second trip, got the light fixtures, and I asked about a bunch of other stuff because I thought this is exactly things I would want if we redo the back end of the house. There are all kind of issues with steps and getting in and out. And anyway, I won't go into all of that. But years ago, I drew a design. What I would do uh, if we stayed into our old age, I drew that out. And I looked on my design work in his house and thought every single component. I need that would be impossible to find is in that house in Milwaukee, and the guy doesn't know what it is. He kind of knows. He knows it's got some value. So I went around and asked pricing on a bunch of stuff, and and he he said, go home, I'll email you. He wanted to get it all in writing, so he did. I'm going to pick up there. This is all written down so I don't miss too much, but it's condensed. Now, we responded to the Craigslist ad and, and the pictures and priced the light fixtures. We traveled to Heartland, Wisconsin, purchased them, removed them. Uh, that was an act of faith, by the way. Some of the ceilings were the, the main hall was, they're, they're all 12 feet or in, in the stair hall, 22 feet, I think. And I had to catch it when it fell. He said, we'll get it down. You can't stand there like this for this very valuable, ginormous, 200 pound thing to fall from the ceiling and catch it and I literally said holy spirit help me out loud to close my eyes more like that (laughs) then I opened my eyes as I heard a crash coming and caught it nothing broken nothing messed up walked in the dining room and the light sconces I thought were new reproductions were the old original things took all anyway happy trip I was content to leave it at that, but I said, let me show you all around. He showed us all around, and anyway, I, I want to stick to I've got it in order. I want to do it in order. <laughs> we purchased and removed the fixtures. We saw other inventory, but I said to Lucinda, wouldn't it be like the Lord to get us the bookcase and the china cabinet for a really cheap price? We don't need a bookcase and china cabinet. We've got at least two of each. We do not need another one. We don't have a wall big enough in our house to have either one of those pieces of furniture. But I've learned to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Why, something on the inside of me felt like I could have that if I wanted that. And I said to her, now, I don't know if we we would fix it and sell it. She said, yeah, we'd fix it and sell it. I said, or take it to church. Oh, okay, or take it to church. And we agreed. We went on about our business because he had them priced incredibly high. He knew what they were. I knew what they were when I opened them, and I could tell what cabinet shop manufactured them and handmade anyway. Then uh, uh, this would have been about eleven fifteen. I've got almost all the dates in here. We purchased. Uh, uh, I purchased online a matching uh, pendant light. That I read it came out of those mobile mansion. We needed another pendant light. I needed one more. Found it immediately online when I got home. Nobody bid. I got it for the minimum bid. Came out of those mobile mansion. They didn't know what it was either. They just knew it came out of that mansion. Got it for about one tenth of its value. Anyway, just to tell you, so those are all sitting there, so I can take all those light fixtures out, sell them on eBay, the ones that, that, that have, are now worth double what we paid when we bought the house and hung them in there from Europe, that Lucinda's never really liked, by the way, <laughs> but they worked. 11.16 in the morning, we started negotiating items by email and phone call because we went up there and measured everything, investigated everything, checked everything out, looked at everything. I was in property management for 12 years and as, as an executive, so I know what to look for. So we did that. 11.16 uh, that night, the owner uh, backs out of the deal on the, the best three we, we, we struck a, a, a price agreement, but the owner of the house, not her agent, the owner of the house was a CPA who bought it to take it down to build a new $3 million house. It's a million dollar house already. She was tearing it down to build a $3 million house. So that's what people do out there. But uh, the owner backs out of the deal on the three best doors in the boathouse. Now, this is, this is where I start exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit or not. I didn't get upset. I hung up the phone and I said to Lucinda, probably end up getting those anyway. She'll change her mind. I said to the guy on the phone, oh, she'll probably change her mind. He said, not this. And he called her names. I said, well, that's not a very good thing to call your employee. He said, you've not dealt with her like I have. She's a real stickler. He called her bean counter over and over again. Anyway, the owner backed out on that, but there there was temperance and Joy and peace. I didn't get upset with the guy. He said, I can't believe you're not upset. You wanted those first sight because they're very special. I won't go into details. But the owner backed out. Now, uh, you can exhibit the fruit of the Spirit or not. I think if I'd have gotten riled there, I'd never seen him again. That would have been the end of that. It would have been okay, but wouldn't have been God's best, in my opinion. 11, 18 in the morning, I made an offer on a package of goods by email. That night, he responded, here's back at you. My prices are good enough. He wasn't going to budge, okay? Uh, More fruit of the Spirit involved. Well, I'm a negotiator. I've been trained. I like to do that. I sent another more respectable offer the next day, back down a little bit. Late that night, he fired back my offer again, and I committed it to the Lord. So, well, Lord, I think you're in this. I believe you're in this. I believe that there sits everything that we would need to convert the Gibson house into into what we really would like on that floor. I think everything is there and it would do what I want to do. But he fired back the offer with a a few interesting words attached to it because I'm trying to bring the price down. Why, that's what I do. Okay. Now, uh, 1120 to 1123, we waited for him to make the call. Lucinda said, what are you going to do? So I'm going to wait for him to call. He'll call to save the sale. He's, he's, he's trying to bluff me. He's going to want me to think that 10 other people are trying to get what I want. Then they're not. How do you know that? I said, I just know. You know, okay. Now, 1123, he calls to open the discussion. Three days later, it's like I said, I said, in about three days, he'll be calling. And he did. Tim calls to open the discussion. and In the discussion, we come to agreement on terms. And he throws in the the cupola with the crane weather vane on it. Lucinda said to me, if you're going up in the price any, you get me that weather vane. Okay? (laughs) And the weather vane had a crane on top. The crane is the Old Testament sign of of profit. So she thought that was significant when we saw it. We wanted to buy the whole garage and move it to Gibson City, but we couldn't figure out how to do it without having to cut it up first. It's a three-car garage. It was exactly what we would have wanted to build. We want to build the garage. So there was also the garage, but we couldn't engineer it fast enough, and, and quite frankly, I let it drop. I couldn't figure out a way to do it without it costing as much as building a new one. But uh, we make the first trip then to Wisconsin to collect the light fixtures and the small smaller items, and that was about the 1st of December. The 3rd of December, Tim contests our deal on a few things. The wall scones, as he said, you guys need to pay me more money for those. Another buyer wants those. And you just took them out of here before we really, and he was getting on my case. And I just listened and entered into long suffering. <laughs> Let him unload on me. Why? I needed to hear him out. He was upset about something. And I remember saying, well, Tim, we'll, we'll do whatever's fair. Think about what's fair. I want to be fair. said, I want to be fair too. About like that, okay? Now, uh, I committed that to the Lord. I remember I remember what I said. Then I, I viewed the doors in the boathouse that the owner wouldn't let me have. I laid my hands on them and said, Lord, I believe those are for me. If not, she won't change her mind. But I've already heard you say to me to expect her to change her mind. Well, I went home and prayed a little bit. I don't pray hours about things like this. I pray hours about spiritual things and people. I'm very brief when it comes to things. Why? Uh, It's easy for God to deal with things. It's harder for God to deal with people. People have a will of their own. Things do not. Things are inanimate. Things don't require much prayer. If they do, it's because the the enemy's resisting it. We just commit it to the Lord. 12.10, the demolition permits are pulled on the job. It's getting into December. This was all supposed to be done by the end of November. All we have is the light fixtures and a few of the doors out of the house. The demolition permits were pulled on the job. It's all put on hold indefinitely. Again, I commit it to the Lord having concern over what the the new time frame is going to be. I don't want to go to Wisconsin to work in a house with no heat and no bathroom and no anything in the dead middle of winter in Wisconsin. That is not when you go in and salvage in a house in Wisconsin. Anyway, I committed that to the Lord. And on uh, February 1st, I have, no, I have new concerns over having to load and haul in the bitter cold. And I again commit it to the Lord. And I'm having back issues in February. Uh, 220 i'm having significant back issues it went totally out and i i pray that it'll not be soon time to go load up a truck in wisconsin i'm gonna have to have other people do it for me committed it to the lord again Uh, the, the the first of march tim breaks his arm and the salvage effort is delayed yet again he calls and says i have bad news and i just listened but we discuss and and we offer him great grace we give him understanding uh, to him, and it's a surprise to him that we're so kind to him. Lucinda, in a second conversation, called him back and prayed with him for his rapid recovery. He said, I knew you people were different. I didn't know how kind of different, but I know you're different. Anyway, uh, then there's, there's faith and patience that comes in next that leads to harvest. Tim sends an email that the owner's now offering to for sale to me only the doors in the boathouse that I originally wanted. She you changed her mind, just like I said, that I committed to the Lord. Tim affirms other items still available, including the bookcase and the china cabinet. Now, uh, what I said to Lucinda early on, wouldn't it be nice if we don't get that for a song? And we, we kind of talked about that and laughed. What would we do with it? And I told you that. For one, I schedule a trip to collect the inventory um, around the 15th. Actually, we were going to do it the week before that, including the hotel and a 16-foot truck with a lift gate out of Bloomington that was cheapest price. We called around, and I'm still having back issues. 4-2, I asked Josh to come along with me and help me because I know I can't do it by myself. Now, we hadn't bought any giant cupboards. We just had windows and doors and wall trim and decorative things mostly. He offers to bring his entire tool inventory and and, uh, night lighting so he can work at night. He's coming very prepared. And at the time, I thought, I don't think we'll need all that stuff. These guys are supposed to have all that work done. Well, they didn't have all that work done. 4-6 4 6 The night before leaving, Tim in Wisconsin is rushed to the emergency room and, and calls and says he, he can't be at the house, he can't help us, he can't complete the sale, it's not gonna work. Now, mind you, I've already got the truck, we've already got two hotel rooms for Josh and I to stay in, we, I've already packed my bags. I'm a planner. And, and I had committed enough to this that I am raring to go and not going to sleep much the night before and just as soon get in the truck and go then and beat Chicago traffic. But we give him grace again. He thinks he's having a stroke or something. I talked to him personally. When I talked to him personally, I said, we're going to pray for you. said the most important things for you to recover. I believe the hand of God will come on you and you'll recover. He got real quiet at the other end. He said, you're going to pray? I said, yeah, I'm going to pray for you. It surprised him, I know. Lucinda offers, too, that we'll be praying for him. And she called him back and prayed for him again when he was at the hospital. I talked to Tim late that same day and offered to cancel and reschedule the trip to his shock and surprise because he was trying to find a crew to come in and keep his word good. But I, I got off the phone with him, and I rose up and commanded the enemy to turn loose in my situation, that this was going to turn for the glory of God and somehow turn out for my good. I I, I remember rising up and praying that way for, for about... Two minutes, okay. This isn't hours and hours. I'm just telling you, but this is things, not people. I'm telling you how, how the fruit of the spirit uh, breaks through resistance again and again. So I pray a little while and I go to bed. I'm praying about other things. Praying about the timing. I've got to get up in the morning and and, and make the decision exactly what to do. The next morning I canceled and rescheduled the same truck for one week later at the same time for a week's rental. I call Tim in Wisconsin, I give him grace for another week to get the work done with less duress. He's surprised and grateful. Josh confirms that the reschedule's better for him and Rihanna and their babysitter fell ill and can't take care of Emery while he's gone anyway. So that was, it needed to change. I must cancel and reschedule the board meeting due to the Wisconsin schedule and change. I wanted to be done and back and ready for my board meeting. Now I've gotta go the week of the board meeting. All my board members planned on a board meeting. So I have to exhibit some meekness and tell them enough about what's going on that it's kind of beyond my control and there's this weird situation but I need to go take care of it and they give me great grace again and again and again. My board members give me the grace I need and I say down here again and again just like I just said it. Then there's, there's a little thing thrown in here. My spring garden plugs, I garden and I buy stuff out of Florida from the same provider, a friend of mine, that does this commercially. And I buy little tiny plugs and I get them for about 10 cents a piece on average instead of paying the greenhouse prices. And I grow them up in my own little cold frame on the, the, the back uh, sidewalk. My spring garden plugs were, were found having, they have been sitting in the warehouse in Bloomington in a box for a week with no sun in the warehouse. We contact the seller who collects the insurance, and we order reorder a smaller quantity of different plants, not the ones I wanted. And I said to Lucinda. This is not what I really want. What I got the first time is what I really want. And I stood up and I said, In Jesus' name, Father, you're going to give me the plants that I want. I ordered what he had, some of what he had. He, was, he said, I'm just going to send you a second order free. You just send. So I sent him the order. This is about 11 o'clock at night before his stock hits the market at midnight in Florida, which was about the same time, actually. Got it to him. He fired back. You'll have exactly what you want. I'm not charging you. These are free of charge. And he didn't send me what I asked for. He sent me like 10 times the plants I wanted so I had to bless my friend who owns the greenhouse in Gibson City with all the extra so he can grow them up because I I don't have room for that many anyway uh, he sent me the smaller quantity of plants then the original plant order arrives the next morning we canceled it but Bloomington got it to Gibson put it on my porch the next morning we call the guy say the plants are here he said what do they look like I said they all look really good one variety is a little bit yellow he said well those are free too just keep them so here we are, a whole bunch of free plants. And I, I believe I told you that was something like that would probably happen because you were kind of in on the middle. This is all happening all at the same time, like boom, 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 all these things happening. And Lucinda's on one phone, I'm on another phone, and we're running around trying to do We're seeing God move, giving us free stuff. Um, plants don't live for a week in a box, little plugs in a dry box with no sun. That's not normal, okay, just to tell you. But uh, we we contact the seller, tell him all is well, and cancel the second order, but he sends the order free of charge anyway, like I said. The next day, because we're not traveling, um, I am able to plant all the plants out and get the greenhouse up and get them out there before the weather turns. Then the next day, Tim confirms that everything is now on schedule in Wisconsin. But the morning of departure, the truck rental people call me instead of me calling them saying, your truck is not on the lot. Somebody came and got it in the night from another franchise, and we do not have a 16-foot truck with a lift gate, and I'm having a lift gate. So I hung up the phone in great frustration and exhibit more of the fruit of the Spirit. Lucinda says, what are you going to do? I said, don't ask me what I'm going to (laughs) do. Like that. Then I backed up a second, and I said, this is what I'm going to do. Hey, Father, in Jesus' name, you've got the truck for me, and she's going to find it, because she was trying to find one. She was upset about it. She called back in about 10 minutes, And Lucinda again said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to wait for her to call me back. And this is going to work out because we've got to go get this. This has got to happen. You know, we've packed for the second time, got our second set of hotel rooms. All of this stuff is happening the second time around. And now the the babysitters are well and Josh is ready to go. And it's the night before, or actually it's the afternoon before I'm supposed to get the truck in two hours. This is at 2 o'clock. The truck's due at 4 o'clock. She calls back and she says, if you're willing to take a bigger truck. I said, does it have a lift gate?'" It has a lift gate. It's a 26-foot truck. I said, I'll take it. She said, no extra charge, no extra mileage, no extra anything. I said, I will take it. I still need it for a week. You can have it for a week. Now, this is how things work. Now, there's a combination of authority and fruit of the Spirit and listening on the inside. Because at first blush, you might think, well, that's God telling me to not do it at all. Mm, God did not change his mind. So I've had the witness of the Holy Spirit several times to keep pursuing this. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to finish it, but you need to hear how things, they're not quite ended yet, but pretty close. That happened at 2. Then, then uh, uh, the agent calls back. Josh and I take off the next, uh, next day day's planned on Wednesday. The 15th, we begin to gather inventory and load the truck. Tim says the helper that he has is going to cost us extra. But he ends up paying him full wages at the end of the day. Anyway, we didn't have to pay anything. The 15th, uh, later in the day, meekness and temperance and patience again. I bring up that I see the bookcase and china cabinet are still in the house. I'm remembering Lucinda's in my conversation and what I said out of my mouth. See, sometimes if you learn to listen to the Holy Spirit and you have a prophetic nature about you, you will say how God means for things to turn out. And then you learn to watch for them to happen or not. I wasn't going to make it happen. I didn't need either one of those pieces of furniture. Tim replies that they're available for 70% off. I already knew that. I checked his website. That's still exorbitantly high. I wasn't going to do it. After a time, I I made an offer to him. And I I said to Josh, in the meantime, I'm going to make a ridiculously low offer of for both of them and watch me get them. Isn't that about how I said it? He's shaking. He said, I'm making sure that's just how I said it. 95% off. Okay, now, acknowledging that it's a ridiculously low offer, and he says he's not going to even call the owner. I just patient, and I smiled. We just kept working. Two hours later, in a choice moment, I suggest again that he might want to call her anyway, that the wrecking ball's coming pretty quick, take the house out, and nobody else got him. Well, I looked at those things. I called them behemoths giant they're giant nobody i didn't think josh and i could even get them out of the house let alone get him off the wall any of it anyway he says okay i guess i'll call her and he disappears and he comes out a little, little bit later out of the house and he says cabinets are yours she agreed and he stood up his hands like that looked at us like, like we're crazy people he Said, the cabinets are yours so we stay overnight we have to stay overnight why we couldn't get we were done for the day we were wore out Worked hard all day since early morning and getting stuff out of the house and pulling nails and stuff. So we went and got the hotel another night, called Lucinda. I didn't tell her what was going on. Now, Lucinda, when you're led by the Holy Spirit as a husband, your wife's led by the Holy Spirit. the same spirit. So she asked, Holy Spirit, what's going on? She knew exactly when I called her back what we were doing, taking those giant cabinets out the next day. She already knew. I said, how would you know that? She said, you said right out of your mouth, and it bore witness with my spirit. I was there. She was there, you see. No." Uh, we, we stay overnight so we have enough strength in the morning to remove those, those giant pieces of furniture. The 16th, we did another walk through, and I, I found doors in the basement to the butler's pantry that he gave me for $10. Uh, and they were in two different locations. Like I had to get in the spider webs and root around under the basement steps to find the one. But I, we saw the one right away. I said, Josh, that other one's going to be in here, and I'm going to find it, and I'm going to dig around until I find it. And I found it just like that with spider webs all over in my head. Now, I asked Lucinda to send me measurements for our kitchen porch steps. Actually, she had told me she wanted these wrought iron, this wrought iron railing to help her mother get in and out of the house. I never thought about the kitchen porch. There's three porches. Kitchen porch got little kind of steeper steps, and her mom's never gone down those steps before. So she sends me the measurements and I go outside and I measure this fancy wrought iron handrail thing that it will help her mother get out of the house. We almost have to carry her up and down out of our house now because she just needs that much help. So sure enough, she measured it. I went out and measured the thing and it's just exactly the right length. And he had priced it at a pretty high price too. So I said, Tim, I want to walk around and ask you prices on some other stuff. And, he, you know, goes, it's like buying a car. You don't let your heart show in which one you really want to buy. You just look around and say, what about that? And what about that? And what about that? So we did a lot of what about that. So, and so we said ten dollars or five dollars so that we got got to that thing and it was eighty percent off what he'd said. And he told me before he wouldn't part for it for a penny less than what he had online because it's a rare and special thing. We we hauled it up to the porch and I moved it one step up today, like she asked, you, it's the perfect fit. It's exactly like God made it for our house. Now, here's what some people wouldn't believe. I believe that when we operate in the Holy Spirit, we find things that God predestined for our life, and they become that specific. Why I'm telling you all of these details is we have learned to watch for God to do it in a way that we can go, oh, that could only be him. There's no other way. 95% off, it could only be him. Exactly something to fit, it could only be him. (laughs) <laughs> there, there's no such thing in architectural terms as as patio doors, full-length patio doors in the Victorian era in Wisconsin. But this house had them. Why? I needed them. I didn't want narrow ones. I wanted big, wide, honking big ones. It had them. Just anyway, I'm getting getting off track. What? Well, I'm. I, this is one of the ways we give God the glory. At the end of the day. We got everything exactly fit into the truck. Then we had to put our bags on top of everything that we had in the back of the truck. We needed the 26-foot truck. We pull out uh, and drive home. There was long suffering. There was faith. There's bruises and sores on us. But upon returning the truck, we get to Bloomington and go to two stations. And there's a whole bunch of in-between stuff that God sent us people to help unload and do and have space to put stuff. Well, I, don't have, I don't have space to put all this stuff, you see. So a whole bunch of other things happened that I'm leaving out. And a whole bunch of names of people that you know that God involved and helped us and I'm thankful for. And I will put it all in. Well, this will be. I will one day write about this. Not just this, but a life. What, what the life of ministry is supposed to look like for people who are considering it if they don't give up. What Christians can have with the Holy Spirit if they don't give up. And we're not out for things. Understand me, our whole life is about people. We left things behind. But God has a way of showing you, I know what you did for me. I know what you want to do for me. And I'm going to show you who I am. That's who he is. Upon returning the truck, we go to two diesel stations. first one that had the, the yellow sleeves on all the diesel thought, okay, I know I'm $100 down, and they're going to charge me $200 or $300 for this diesel fuel. So I said, Josh, where are we going to go? He said, I don't know, Pastor. I don't know Bloomington. So I, pulled, I told him I was going one way. I pull out, and I see a canopy the other way with green on it. I said, that's got to have diesel. We go down there and, and walked in. The, the credit card wouldn't work. I thought, what in the world? I walked in and said, uh, we're not able to sell you any diesel. Something's wrong with the phone system and the computers, chips, and it, it's all out of whack, and we think it's all over town. So I come out, and and, and I say to Josh, I guess we're going to have to go back with no fuel, and I'm just going to pray they don't charge me some exorbitant fee for the fuel because they can by contract. We pull in, return it. I ask for my receipt. I'm fumbling through my papers, and I'm waiting for her to, I told her the deal. I'm waiting for her to tell me the news. And she says, I'll go take a look at it. I said, "I, I, I need a receipt or something. I was expecting her to charge me something. You're done. That's your receipt. See ya. So at least $100 free and returning the truck. Now, there were so many more things I could share in there. But at every turn, I'm going to tell you, it's like at every turn, the enemy was trying to find a way to get in there. So, pastor's kind of a, 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 a silly story. It's easier for me to tell you about things than the intricacy of God's working in people because that's their business. And I would tell you some, some real stuff if I could, but it's their story to tell. But when it comes to stuff, think of it this way. God cares less about that, but he cares about it. He cares more about what's happening with people in the body of Christ and what he can teach us and what he can tell us and what he can show us. I know my assignment tonight was to show you a, a little bit more of what life with the Holy Spirit can be, and it's not, it's not a hard thing. It's kind of like, as a kid, I would read, I don't know, five or six books in my bedroom at night with a flashlight. And I loved mystery stories and whodunits and adventures and Western, all kind of Western, cowboy and Indian, you name it, I liked it and read it. And in reading that, there's always an adventure in it, and I learned something later looking back at that. God wants our life to be like that. Part of the abundant is His way of playing hide-and-seek with us and letting us find what He's doing. And my prayer for you tonight is is this, to decide to trust the Holy Spirit in a way to learn from Him. And some of it's kind of trial and error. And it's it's not going to be the things that I'm talking about that are going to probably even interest you. But in something that does, understand he knows your heart. He knows it so well. He knows what's going to matter for you. Every place we've lived, every vehicle we've had, I, I don't know very much about cars, but he's always blessed us with the right ones. We've done that again and again and again and gotten them cheaper than we're supposed to get them and sometimes have to hurry across state lines to get there before the dealership closes to get the one we want for the price that we want and on and on and on. We've learned to be led by the Holy Spirit in that. So when God is leading you for something that is like a reward and something good, you're going to have many more times where he's showing you what to sow or what to give up or what to do differently or when to be quiet or when to set back. When to to accept a, a situation is not his will. In the earlier days, we more missed it than got it right. But I didn't say, it's not working. I said, I'm not working it right. I've got to get something right that I don't know. And the key that I've learned is, if I blow a situation by not exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit, Dr. Hagen always said walking in love, but it's walking in faith, walking in joy, walking in long-suffering, whatever you need to be walking in. Why The enemy throws something down there to trip you up, but if you're walking in the right thing, you walk right over it, and you don't trip over it, and you keep moving. And then sometimes we walk in trepidation, not quite knowing what's going to happen next. I remember specifically when the guy called me back, and he was chewing me up for wanting a better price. I thought, everybody wants a better price. This is not unusual. This is the enemy trying to get me to call this deal off. Hung up the phone. and said, he didn't sound very happy. I said, well, he's not very happy. He wants full price for everything, and I want it cheap. That's just, that's, he can be unhappy, and I can just wait. Be patient, you know. He'll either sell it or he won't sell it, but I believe that he will. So that happened over and over. I could have got riled and stewed and been upset about it. But it's stuff. I put it on the back burner. I went back to what I needed to do. I remember that day. I was actually writing a sermon. It was on a Friday. I was writing a sermon, and I didn't want to give much thought to it. listen came in three or four times. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I said, I'm writing a sermon. That's what I'm going to do. i got to write a sermon, and then we'll deal with this. Come Monday, he's going to call us in three days, and he's going to act like there's 100 people wanting stuff, and it's not. Anyway, I look back, and, and I wanted to share this because it shows the progression of time. Because if we're going to live a life of faith, sometimes we have to have long patience for it. Going to work for the company years ago, I had a vision of being the vice president the first day I was at work. It was like I went into a trance. I expected that that would happen while I was praying in the Spirit while I was working. And I didn't, didn't know God was going to do that. But it was three years later. Patience. Time. Time. Listening, and it wasn't three years of just working. It was three years of paying attention and listening and knowing when I needed to travel for work and when I needed to stay home for my family and what I needed to do. I'm going to stop there. What I'm trying to do is make the connection between the fruit of the Spirit and the produce of our faith and the produce of our life. How important it is in our families to walk right as a family. I recognize how easy it is to... I heard this on Christian television today as I was writing the message for tonight. It's was playing softly in the background, a preacher talking about... Uh, fact, it was Robert Morris. He said, if you want to see how you're living for God, you look at... Uh, follow a person in their workplace and stay in their house for a while. You'll find out if they're walking with God because if the fruit of the Spirit is going to happen anywhere, it happens there first and most. And I stepped back and thought, ooh, that's really a profound and good statement because that's where we have the most human interaction and the most likeliness to get upset with each other. And if we can exhibit it there, why the Holy Spirit wants us to learn in that atmosphere. Here's what I believe will come in time. If we listen to what, this is what I expect by the time I'm old enough or I've got to hold of this enough. What God wants to do in the earth will manifest through people who listen to him and learn to walk with him in little things. He will use, I'll say our thing with things and houses was like the nursery for us to learn how to live by faith. It was, it was a, a place to begin to learn, to learn how to do it spiritually speaking. I pray every, every week, God, give me the revelation I need to lead your people well. I want our church, when people get to heaven, to, to have heard more word and know more about heaven, know more about spiritual things than most of the population. Why? Well, I believe we should. I want that. I want us to enjoy the more abundant life while we're here so that there is a time when men look and say, what is it that everything seems to go so well for them? How is it they ended up with that or owning that or all their kids are living for God or on and on and on. I believe he has that for us. Well, this is about my quitting time normally. Thank you for being patient. I believe there's an impartation for you. And I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit puts in you a shift in your will to give the Holy Spirit more room, more opportunity to be your teacher. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I ask tonight that you come in and empower us to live for God in ways we never thought possible. Empower us to be led by your Holy Spirit just because we're listening and we desire to. To have good success in all things, to not just fight the good fight of faith to a loss, but fight it to a win again and again. Father, to share natural things, I ask that you reveal to each person how to apply this to their spiritual life. Because, Father, our relationship with you, our our knowing the Holy Spirit, should be the most exciting times we ever experience, to interact with God who loves us and pre-planned this whole life for us, to our success and his good pleasure. Heavenly Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you move us all toward your good pleasure. Show us the things we need to know and teach us of your ways so we walk in them. Heavenly Father, teach us to partake of Jesus more, that we look at Jesus' character and we say, I'm having that for me, I'm having that in me. I will walk in the joy of the Lord. I will walk in long patience, long suffering, and put up with the long wait to see God move. Heavenly Father, I ask that you move us more and more into supernatural living, where we have results to talk about, That we have testimonies to share where there was a test, but now there's something to share that's marvelous. Heavenly Father, help us to see the victory at the end of the test and never give up until we have it. Father, for those dealing with physical issues, in Jesus' name, I ask right now that you reach in and touch each physical body. Father, this has been a season of loss and grief and fear, but it shall be no more. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that we rise up as people led by the Holy Spirit even into divine health more and more. The Father will not be duped by the ways of the world, Father, for spirits of deception that are out there trying to steal our attention but we will listen to and adhere to the voice of the one true God whom we serve. Holy Spirit, I thank you for being big in us. You are God with us, and we give you full place, every space in us to live and move and have your being in us. Father, I thank you for an attentive group, and I ask that you minister your rest and your peace in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope that something in that will help you and trigger in you a, a desire for greater faith. I heard the Spirit of the Lord say as I was praying, so I must say what he has said. The hours come in the earth where many voices will compete with the voice of the Lord your God. You know his voice, and you've learned to train your ear to what the Holy Spirit would say. Learn to do quickly the things the Holy Spirit will tell you to do, and you'll find a harbor of safety and a place of refuge where the enemy will not get to you, though thousands fall at one side and the other. It will not come nigh thee. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord would say about the hour in which you live. It's a time of great honor for the people of God to rise up and live in a life of faith. It's a time to test the word of the Lord to see that my word is true, to operate in a place of faith where you don't give up and you're determined to receive it God's way rather than the world's way. For the world's ways shall not work according to the slight of the hand of man, the trickery and deception of man, and the spirits of deception in the earth working through man. But the spirit of truth lives in you. And surely the spirit of truth will cause you to rise up in every situation and operate supernaturally and see different results than the world would see. For the enemy intends to steal what many generations have saved and worked for. But the spirit of the Lord God is a provider. Rest in your provider and know the way of the world is not the way of the spirit. The way of the flesh is not the way of my children but the word of the Lord will reign and rule forever in you. NAMISCHELEO ROKORIA AMAISHOI TIKITO KULUMBRA KANGRE STOLE BRICKIDON SADOM MANETE TAIAH From your spirit shall flow rivers of living water. As you pray and as you seek my face, a refreshing shall come that the world cannot provide, and a reassurance in the days ahead. For forces of darkness in the earth shall collide, and they will collide with the armor of light in believers, and light will prevail every time. Be filled with light, that your whole body be filled with light. Fill your eyes with words of light, fill your heart with thoughts of light. Walk with the Lord and walk in the light, and you'll not be taken down by the darkness of the night. The Lord God you serve has no place for defeat. The Lord God you serve is the God of victory and shall always triumph through you and in you by Christ Jesus your Lord. Don't hang your head down expecting things to not work out, but rather celebrate the victory by saying from your own mouth and your own lips, I belong to the most high God and I have everything he has and I walk in the truth that he gives and I am an exception from this world And I experience an exceptional life. Now, under the generation to come that seems to consider in their own mind finding God their own way, in their own timetable, shall the word of the Lord come in warning, saying, Take heed to the voice of the Lord in the earth and adhere and draw near to your God. For the time is shorter than you expect before you will be deceived by a spirit that's in the earth that will keep you away from the goodness of God. Take heed and know it's time to turn from your own ways unto the way of the Lord. Well, I'm going to stop there because uh, there, there's something that he's showing me. I'm going to tell you what he's showing me. I'm not going to prophesy anymore. There's a whole generation of people that have been touched by the spirit of the world through secular education, and their view of God is not supernatural. Their view of God is based on their own personal thoughts and experiences and their own philosophy. They're in danger. He's telling us that, so we begin to pray that there be a a great awakening come in what should have been a great army being raised up for the Lord that's been put on hold. I, I don't know which movie it was. I know it was a Star Wars movie. It's a kind of a picture like that. They're all in their little pods in a stasis saying they're going to find God their own way. Well, they're already deceived. We don't find God our own way. He finds us and he calls us by name. And we either respond to him or we don't. And he's called their name. I share that sometimes when we're we're sharing under a, a word of prophecy, the Lord wants us to know a concern on his heart. Lord Jesus, we thank you for an awakening coming to this generation. We'll not give up. We'll be bold and we'll take our place. Father, I'm grateful for what I see, young people and young couples coming into church with little kids. I'm so grateful and so pleased at that, Father. Teach us how to interact and bring greater victory. Help us stand to make disciples and help the younger as we who have become older know to do. Help us to not be selfish and look to our days as as times to just step back and relax, but to take on what, what is on your heart in these days. Father, thank you for that in
0: Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that ministry at Living Word Church is possible. You can get more information on our website at go lwc.org. You can also give online as well. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe. You can share it with your friends. You can take a screenshot and post it to your social stories. You know what? You can even share it in person with someone who needs encouragement from God's Word today. Thanks again for listening. And as always, you're welcome to join us in person where we will worship together and God will minister directly to you. Be blessed this week and be a doer of His Word.